Mr. Jennings, you forfeited your shares. I beg your pardon? What? Yeah, uh, here. Uh, dated, uh, four weeks ago. You surrendered the shares and stated to deliver only the envelope of personals. Don't you remember doing that, sir? No. Uh, I don't remember that. Because I, I didn't do that. Why would I do that? I wouldn't do that. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's, <laughs> this is uh, <clears throat> a mistake has been made. It needs to be corrected. Well, I agree. It's a strange thing you did, but legal... Not strange. Person... Strange is, you know, a little out of the ordinary, but still plausible. Giving away $100 million in shares in a Fortune 500 company for some uh, knickknacks isn't strange. It's uh, insane. No one would do that. This doesn't make sense. I mean, unless you think uh, this is a $40 million can of hairspray, uh, which is pink. And, uh, and uh, you know, what, this is a $100 million book of matches? I mean, you know... I've been a lot of it for a couple of years. I don't know, is this back in style now? Is this, are these $100 million sunglasses? Am I missing something? <laughs> okay, I'll look into it, but it, it's gonna take me some time. This is crazy, so I'm, I'm gonna make some phone calls. Okay. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Take Me to Your Reader, discussing adapted science fiction at its best and worst. I'm Seth. I'm James. And I'm Colin. And we got all the names right. That's a good start, guys. Uh, And we're back, and we are doing our summer of Philip K. Dick stories, even though it's technically really not summer here yet. Though it was like 85 degrees today. It was pretty warm. In Oregon. But like Michael Simshauser will be like, dude, it's winter. So... Right. Sorry, Michael. It's summer for us, and and we are embarking on a journey of short stories and single films just to make it easier on us over the summer while we have some work travel and vacation travel and all that kind of stuff. So for this episode, we are going to be talking about the Philip K. Dick story that I can't remember the name of. Paycheck. <laughs> it's the same. This one's easy. The movie and the story are called the same thing. Okay. Yes, uh, I'm not editing that out. That's gold. Um, have you been taking things from James's stash? <laughs> no, no, I've not been raiding James's liquor cabinet. Uh, yes, Paycheck, written by Philip K. Dick uh, in 1953, published in 1953, um, written in 1952. Uh, and you told me where it was published, and I don't remember. The June issue of Imagination Magazine. Sweet. Score. And we will be talking about the 50th anniversary of the story that was celebrated in the Ben Affleck right. film of 2003. So, yeah, right. that's what we're going to do. More more importantly, the John Woo film. Of Very. It, of all the John Woo films I've ever seen, it's the John Wooiest. Because this has gotten the Woo treatment. Yes. It's been wooed, for yes. sure. Yep. Okay, so the story. It's... Uh, not the shortest short story we've ever read. Not the longest. Thirty short pages story ish. Yep. So the kind of thing you can read in a single sitting, which is good because I read it yesterday. You, uh, Friday. Friday. Okay. And Colin read it some substantial time before that. Twice. Probably reread it three or four times. Actually, no, I read it in two sittings due to time constraints. And Colin Friday sat night down and Saturday. Colin okay. sat down, read Paycheck, then read The Martian again, then read Paycheck, all in one <laughs> sitting. Oh, I do need to read The Martian again. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, the story of the story. Anybody want to take a whack at it? Sure. Um, right. I can't remember. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> we keep talking about the other stories we're going to cover. <laughs> it's all getting a bit muddled. Let me take a crack at it. Okay. Jennings is a mechanic, and he's hired by a company to work for them for two years. You're, you're getting too specific, dude. I'm getting too specific. Yeah. Okay. Don't say mechanic. But you can say Jennings, but not mechanic. But it, it's important. I'll go dude, but nah. I'll go no further. 
You're a dude. So there's there's a dude who works on a thing for a giant corporation, but the corporation wipes his memory, and now he can't remember anymore what he worked on, except for now he's being, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hunted? Investigated by... The security police? A government entity for said work that he can't Mm -hmm. remember doing. Right. So now he kind of has to save his own bacon by uh, doing stuffs. Okay. That's very nonspecific. Right? Exactly. You you left out the hook, though. He was giving away two years of his life for an incredible sum of money. True. Yeah, 50,000 credits. We don't don't actually know what the sum of money was. It was just 50,000 credits. I don't even think they said credits in the book, did they? Okay. Well, not only... There was kind of a nice nod to that in the movie, I suppose. But Seth is looking at me blank face, so we'll have to explain that to him Yes, later. please explain that to me uh, later. Um, anyway. So the rest of the hook is that when he... After he has his memory wiped, he shows up to be paid. And they say that... Right. They told him that uh, you you gave away your rights to the money in return for taking these seven items. Trinkets. No, you're even more... T- too detailed, man. Too detailed. Trinkets. Trinket. Bag of trinkets. Just bag call it bag of, of trinkets. trinkets. Cause it's different in the book and the movie, so you can't you can't be that detailed. <laughs> oh, that's right. So I was thinking we were doing the story in the story, but we were doing the story. Right, we're doing the, the story. Oh, the story. Yeah, the kind of the so bag of trinkets. Yeah. yeah, okay, that works. Get your discount bag of trinkets here. <laughs> that's not a discount bag of trinkets. No, dude. it's not. <laughs> in either the story. Yeah, you know, I think in both versions they flipped out. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah, that's that. What do you, what do you guys think of the story? I liked it. It was fun. Right, right up there with kind of typical Philip K. Dick short story fare. Right. Yeah. Different than his novels, in my experience anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the unique things in the story, or should I, maybe we should wait until we get to the movie and talk about what wasn't there. Sure. Well, let, let's talk a little bit more specifics now about the story. How sure. About that? Yeah. yeah. The short story, right? Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, the guy's a mechanic. He works for some big company mm-hmm. uh, just called... Not Etheridge. Rethric. Rethric Corporation. And yeah, he's expecting to be paid this large sum of money. And when he when he finishes his contract, he finds that he has forfeited uh, his pay. It's in an interesting clause that that even exists and that people would take advantage of it. Yeah, you got you got to wonder what, what yeah. the previous guys do. I wanted... I was curious what other people right. would smuggle out and why. I, right. I think you could write an entire universe of stories around that concept right. alone. Mm-hmm. How many other people tried to like, you know... Lottery tickets. Right. Uh, mm. You know, lost socks in the laundry. I mean, yeah. you can go anywhere. Things that they got from the time scoop. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, like, yeah, I it hadn't occurred to me that they might. Somebody just mails themselves a winning lottery ticket a month later and yeah. boom. So, let me ask you. He, he did useful things, but I mean, not that the lottery ticket's not useful, uh, but. We didn't mention what he was working on, though, and we just jumped into it. Yeah, you go for it. Yeah. So, there's two things that he has worked on inventing and has used. There's a time mirror, which allows him to look into the future. Mm-hmm. And there's a time scoop, which allows him to retrieve things from the future. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll need to talk about what the company <clears throat> is using that for and what kind of what he used it for. Right. Did you guys feel like he was the main guy, like the critical guy on this project? Yeah. 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 Okay. Mainly, nothing was ever said that, but because he was the main character, I made that assumption. Okay. Right. I think I think I'm with call on that one. Yeah. yeah. I I wasn't totally sure yeah. about that. I'm like, is this just one of many mechanics? But uh, I was. That's the other thing I was going to say about the mailing himself the trinkets thing. And mm. there, like the lady had said, right, that previously there had been people that have done this, even though it's rare. Right. What the hell did they do with yeah. whatever? 
That's what I want to know. I want is, to see is he the only one that came up with the idea to do what he did? Because that seems ridiculous. And was he the only one that ended up being investigated by ESP? We don't know. Yeah. And it was rather odd. And, and that part was kind of odd to me. Yeah. Like, what did these other people do? Yeah. In, in lots of short stories, though, I mean, you don't you don't get a lot of that. But that yeah, you're right. It's, it's a short story, so you don't get that exposition. All right. right. Background yeah. and th- there's there's world building threads. that you hate so much. <laughs> there's plot threads left dangling, and that's okay sure. in a short story. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, there are. Yeah, I mean, I guess there don't have to be, but there can be. Yeah, because right. they're not. No. There typically can be because the length of, length of the story, right? Yeah, that you leave for movies to fulfill, except not really in this case. But we'll get to that later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of the themes that I picked up on in the story was this conflict between the government and the and large businesses. Right. Where mm-hmm. uh, w- once he's out of Rethrick Corporation, mm-hmm. these can be investigated by the the government because they want to know what they're doing inside there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they suspect that something's going on that's really important, might be illegal. Uh, it turns out it, it's it, a threat. It's illegal. The, yeah, it's a threat to the government. Yeah, and he feels like if he ever goes into one of their buildings to be questioned, he'll never come out alive. Mm-hmm. Right. And the only way for him to get protection is to be back in the corporation. Right. Right. And so that's one of the things that happens throughout the rest of the story. That's kind of his motivation, right? Right. Yes. Well, and yeah. this is this is one of the major differences between this short story and the way you see fiction nowadays, where the corporation is always the bad guy now. The, the government oh, are usually, right. you know, bad yeah. guys too, but corporations are also bad guys because they're basically governments in themselves. Yeah. So right. where in this case, and and that's this is one of the differences that I wanted to talk about is the company is essentially altruistic. When yeah, you, it's the reverse. When so, so typically, like you know, what you're saying, the government is more altruistic, where the corporations are like big evil. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But in this case, it's opposite. Yeah. And this one, I mean, so I got this impression from the story that they are using the time mirror to look and find important people or people who are going to be important and rescue them. So I don't know if they're scooping them or if they're just going, this person's going to be important. Let's let's extract them. I'm not sure that totally works because this yeah. this story works as a closed loop, right? Because at the end, there's the thing that was scooped out and mailed that he has the receipt for. And she's like, no, 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 I've got it right here. And there the scoop comes and gets it and the story ends. Yes. Um, So I'm not sure that they could pull somebody out if they had seen that they were going to be important later on. Did they go into that with that was the reason behind the time mirror and the time scoop? Yeah, the reason for it was so that they could could slowly build up a critical mass of people who would be important to a coming revolution, Right. Right, and I remember that been part. Yeah, rescuing okay. people, but I, but I, I'm not certain that the story explains adequately how they're rescuing them. That's the part I didn't get. Yeah, because yeah. I, I did get that they're preparing for this revolution that they're foreseeing coming. Yeah, I assumed via the time mirror. I didn't quite understand what the time scoop was for. Right. <laughs> it's that little hand that reaches out. <laughs> yes, yeah. grabs the grabs the lottery ticket, so you can get ice cream <laughs> from the future. Yeah. Right. Other things to talk about about the story. Uh, it's very Philip K. Dick and that it's strongly anti-government. Yes. Very, very anti-government. Right. Yeah, right? definitely. The SP, secret police. There's like super fascist, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And there were, there. we should talk about this in the movie, but there are hints of that in the movie as well in, in people doing kinds of things. Yeah. Um, right. There, there are, but I didn't think them, I mean, they use the FBI, which I don't believe is necessarily fascist. That's true. Um, they didn't, they didn't take the super fascist route that the book did with the Calling them security police, right? That's right. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounded very KGB. Right. Those, yeah. those themes were a little bit toned down, I think, for the movie mm-hmm. as it got wooed. Well, and I think there was a switch of roles, too, from the government being the major bad guy to the corporation true. being the yeah. major bad guy. Which, you know, PKD might have a problem with if oh. he was around to say so. He might. I don't know. 
I actually don't know. Is is he alive or no? I think I think he died. Okay, in, right. in the nineties. I, I assume so, but I wasn't sure. I don't remember. But we have the technology. Mm-hmm. Not all that important at the moment. No, although no, we're, no. We're, yeah. If we're if oh. we're doing the summer of uh, Philip K. Dick movies, maybe we should. We should know that probably. Philip K. Dick. <laughs> other than other than you know, I've read quite a number of his stories and yeah. a couple books, and um, you know, so I know that I like. Well, it would have been interesting though to actually have his reaction on this movie, maybe. Well, uh, one of us can look and find if we find something, we can put it in the show notes. Right, sounds good. Yeah, I I have a couple things in the show notes just about you know people kind of yeah. uh, talking about Philip K. Dick in adaptation, and we're going to cover a few of those right. that are on the list. I'm so thinking we should fun. remember this for future podcasts for the one for things where he was actually alive for the adaptation and like Blade Runner, for instance. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We should definitely find what Philip. It'd be, K. Dick it'd be interesting as we thought of it if they screwed up like this. So yeah, we'll yeah. do that. Right. So why don't yes. we talk about the, the movie that was made to celebrate the 50th anniversary of this story. <laughs> Do we have anything more to say about the book? There's there's a couple, there's one plot thread we didn't mention, which was, you know, Kelly. Right. Yeah. Uh, no, let's let's leave that one. Because that, was a, that was a fun little twist. It was. Yeah, so, so, yeah, we'll yeah. leave that one there. Yeah. And then, um, does anyone remember what Mr. Jennings' first name is in the story? Nope. I barely remember his last name, and you just said it. No. I was thinking Peter, but that's not right. Peter Jennings. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, very good. So it turns out his name is not in the story. Is it? Oh, I, damn. I did a brief right. search because I couldn't remember if it was the same as the movie. Uh-huh. It's like, I don't see it in here, like, ever. Just Everyone Jennings. Calls it Jennings. Just Jennings, huh? Yes. Huh. Very, very military. So it was a nice addition to the movie that gave him a first name, Mike. Right. Eh. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so... Let's move on and, and talk about this beautiful film that was made. Um, you know, Ben Affleck now is is very respected film maker and director, right? Like he's he's made some very good films. Yeah, um, I think even as an actor, yeah, right? Argo? That's debatable. No, I mean he's he's. I've really enjoyed him in some movies. I liked him in Batman v Superman. Actually, um, you know, it was one of the bright thoughts I thought. As long as you cover up his face with the bat suit, I'm okay. Okay, you, you you think his face is just very punchable or something? Yes. So I felt like at the beginning of this movie, this is at like peak douchiness. Yeah, of ben totally. Affleck. Oh yeah, completely. And I don't, I don't know what was going on in his career at this point. He he was on the on the upswing, right? No, no. He had just done Geely, 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 and then uh, some other. Oh, was that was that Jennifer Lopez movie? Yes. Yeah. Ugh. And he may have just done Daredevil as well. Um, in fact, he won a Razzie for this movie. He Sounds wasn't at the award really? ceremony to receive it, huh. and they give it to him, I think, on a TV talk show on CNN in the 90s. I don't know, just call it CNN. Larry... <laughs> Larry King Live? Larry King Live. Oh, right. They gave him the award, and he broke it. Oh, crap. Okay. <laughs> and then they turned around and auctioned the broken award and made enough money to cover the for the haul for next year's Razzies. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't... I can't fault anybody for taking the work that that is offered them, right? And he, and he was on... He had been on a career upswing after Goodwill Hunting, right? He had oh, been yeah. in things before that I that I had actually really liked him in, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, at some point you kind of hit a saturation point where he's been in a bunch of movies and none of them are very good, yeah, and this right. is kind of one of them. Yeah. Although it's not terrible. Um, we should talk about yeah. the other um, elephant in the woo room, um, <laughs> uh, John Woo. It's got that classic motorcycle chase. Yep, it does. It has on. it has the John Woo standoff yeah. where where right. two guys have the guns directly in each other's faces right. and they're and crossed. They don't shoot each other. And they like, don't what shoot the heck? each other. Yeah. Uh, and there's a dove. 
And there's a dove, yes. Um, and lots of slow motion. I did and not get the point of that freaking dove. Where he, the heck did that thing come he, from? So, no, he likes that <laughs> symbolism. So, like, like, have you, I, I realized as I was watching, I'm like, wow, that mm. is so John Woo. Wow, that is so John Woo. And my wife was like, how do you know this is so John Woo? And I'm like, you're right. Dove. I don't know. I need, and so I looked up his oh. filmography and yeah. his American film, filmography includes seven films that I could find. Mm. And I'd seen six of them. And so I can name some of them. Hard oh, Target. Well, I know, uh, you can find any more than me, then. Mission Impossible 2. Mission Impossible 2, this... Face um, Off. Yeah, Face Off. Uh, I like Broken Arrow. Though. Broken Arrow. Oh, really? I can't remember yeah. the others. It doesn't matter if we, if we know all of them, but the doves are in a lot of them. Yeah, um, interesting. And and the freeze frames and the... He likes the guns akimbo thing, too. Yeah. Um, but you know, crossed guns, yeah. <laughs> like Hitman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And the... I was looking in, on the TV Tropes page. I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. The TV Tropes page for John Woo. It has like all of his major tropes. Motorcycle was, chases. Uh, disturbed doves. Um, I don't know if motorcycle chases was on there, but that's... Well, it's common enough between MI2 and this, so what the yeah. heck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he's a Hong Kong-style action director. and I, I don't mind that for certain applications. No, no. Like, and, and when I look Face at Off is a fantastic films, movie. I like Face Off. It's a very entertaining movie. I well, yeah, that. that's what I mean. That, it's yeah, like yeah. looking in a mirror only... <laughs> Not. I would watch Face Off again. I don't think I'd watch this movie again. I, I agree. I have now seen Paycheck twice, and that is yeah. at least one time too many. I would say that it's not bad watching it once, at least. Yeah. It was worth watching once, not, you know. I can say that my son pronounced it better than The Last Starfighter. Yeesh. Yeah. What? So, other cast. Um, the the uh, cast in this movie right. is a bunch of Batman people. We've got Two Face, right? Uh, Aaron Eckhart. We've got Poison Ivy. Yeah, but those are a completely different generation of Batman's. Oh, I know, I know. Oh, okay. The, the Batman family, though, is, is <laughs> that's, true, that's true. That's true. All encompassing. Oh, that's um, a good point. Ben Paul Affleck, Giamatti. Batman? He's not in Batman movies, but um, I feel like Paul Giamatti always makes a movie better. I, I think this may be an exception. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Morton. I love Joe Morton's. Great. Miles Dyson. Yeah. Um, right. Detective Mac McMack or whatever his name was in Speed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So some decent cast. Uh, Barry yeah, Allen's mother from Flash good. was in it. She was the lady at the bank who gave him the items. Oh, Tom really? Cruise's wife from huh. uh, Minority Report was the was the the slutty executive. Oh really? Slutty yeah. executive? Huh. I do remember the beginning when she realizes yeah. he's not going to remember anything, and then they they're looking through then, his, yeah. <laughs> looking through his third person memories. That was funny. <laughs> um, yeah, only she had dark hair in in Minority Report. She was a blonde in uh, Cold Case or whatever it was that she headlined. Yes, third person memories. <laughs> I yeah. had a real problem with this um, right. because because when they're when they're doing the memory erase thing, they're they're basically seeing the memories as they're being zapped. Mm -hmm. Literally zapped on a little screen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like Missile Command. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like uh, Star Raiders. Yeah. It, he's seeing the shots from the film. Okay. So the 50,000 thing. There were, he, he received 50,000 shares. Stock of, options. Yeah. Yeah. They were going to be worth? Like $92 like 90, million. Dollars. Yeah. $92 million. Yes. Yeah. You know, I will say, despite, I, I don't think this is ben, ben Affleck's best film, certainly. Uh, not his best performance. But the scene where he's incredulous about having the knickknacks, I, I thought he did a good job. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, he's an able actor. Uh, and I think he's been very good in some stuff. But this one, uh, for the most part, I didn't care for him. But I did like that scene when, when he's just like, what, what is this, a $50 million thing of hairspray? <laughs> pink hairspray? <laughs> I did like that scene better in the movie than the book. In the in the book, he's he's very uh, distant and like incredulous and not able to, to grasp it. 
Yeah. Right. Um, and then he steps outside and gets nabbed by the SP. Well, I mean, it's a short story. So things happen quickly, right? It progresses quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's fewer items, too. He only right. needed seven. Right. But in the movie, it's 20. I saw it was funny because it's like 20 items, 20 questions. <laughs> right. Although, actually, there's only 19 items. Bum, no. Bum, 19 items in the envelope. Right. But the stamp was the 20th. Yeah. Yeah. I liked I liked the clue finding. I really like that part of the story and the movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I enjoy that as well. And the whole this whole movie to me, the connection to Minority Report is the scene in Minority Report when uh, Anderton takes Agatha down the toilet, and then and the, and then they're escaping, <laughs> and she's she's precogging and telling him what to do. Right? Just you know, wait, wait for the balloons. You know, give that, put some coins down there. That's this movie. Like it, the the items in there are Agatha's little tips. Yes, the whole movie. Oh yeah, yeah. The Science fiction in this, would you call this a hard science fiction story or movie? Because I don't think I would. I mean, it tries to be kind of... The, the, the whole idea that somehow memories are put down linearly, because they put an isotope in and it, it marks, and then all your memories from there forward, which are put in a nice little neat line or something <laughs> like dominoes, <laughs> and then you can come by later and do another one and it knocks them all down. Right. Uh, mm. I didn't follow that. I mean, it would make sense that if you injected somebody with an isotope and their memories were formed, the previous memories wouldn't have them. They don't have to necessarily be linear. You just erase all the memories containing that isotope. Yeah, I suppose that's That's true. kind of how they explained it. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I'll buy that. Yeah. I'll buy that. Headcanon accepted. Yeah. But but the massive curvature of the mirror, which goes around the perimeter of the known right. universe and allows you to see the back of yourself, which is apparently in the future. That's a bit much. That one I didn't quite. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll wave that one. You just jump the bus across that empty bridge gap, and we'll just keep going right down. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, I have to. I have to agree with that. That explanation lacked a certain scientific river. Uh, yeah. River, but definitely that yes. as well. But, yes. Rigor as well. They could have left that out and made a better movie just with that one line right. missing from it. Yeah. So one thing I, I want to praise something in the movie, and I liked the fact that they had a previous example of the memory wipe. You know, and that that they couldn't couldn't go beyond a certain amount of time, right? So they showed him doing the 3D oh, monitor thing. Right. right. And then getting getting the memory wipe. And established something about his character, and, and it was an interesting discussion about my life as highlights. You know, the, the, things, the things that I've done, they, they don't matter, you know, but I get paid a lot, and I get to go have my memories that I get to keep, and those are great. But all the ones while I'm working, yeah, those don't matter. Yeah. Right. So, so then when they... When they talked about doing a three-year thing which should have been two years right i was okay with it being two to three because they said they did he did say two to three. Oh, yeah. okay yeah okay i was expecting an eight o'clock in the morning from colin <laughs> so what about the time scoop there is no time scoop and i was expecting there to be one well the, because i couldn't remember the time scoop's just as implausible as you might as well get rid of it <laughs> to me i really like the time scoop because there's a very comedic aspect to it, I think, right? Because right. in, in, right. in the way the story ends, she holds up the ticket. I've got the ticket. And up, up, opens little, this little black area. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. And I like that. Um, a lot of what I read from Mr. Dick is is very down. It's really depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this True. had this you know, lighthearted kind of ending to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot, well, a lot of his work is very dystopic. Yeah. Very. And, and it yeah. definitely ended on an up, right? Because because here he's back with with the corporation people who of course aren't evil, mm-hmm. um, and and gonna live happily happily ever after and make babies with Kelly. Oh yeah, he's totally gonna with Kelly. Yeah, that was the complete implication. He's the yeah. he is the inherit. He's gonna be the heir. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> um, okay, 
so we, we got to talk about my my absolute favorite thing and and my son's favorite thing. Meaning, oh boy. meaning like the thing that made him laugh because of in- unintentional comedy was was the staff fighting thing at the very beginning. Oh God! Uh, yeah. On the scale of badassness, <laughs> for me that ranks just below Ambu Jitsu from Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that was only in there for two reasons. One, he had done Daredevil and learned how to use a staff. And two, John Woo. Yeah, but I mean... I think just one John Woo, because Daredevil doesn't use a staff. No, the, the main reason was it's it's Chekhov's bow staff, right? Where where <laughs> later in the movie, he gets the broom handle and starts right. wasting some Yeah, he, he it, uses right? it to disable but, people. Yeah. So, yeah. John Woo, Hong Kong action director. And yet, that is the most lead-footed... Concrete-footed, awful, <laughs> slow-paced crapola that I've ever seen. Um, it's it's not like a martial right. arts kind of thing. And I don't know if it's just that Ben Affleck didn't have the physicality to do it. I uh, I, I can't say that because yeah. like the the warehouse scene in Batman v Superman was awesome, and I, I imagine there was a stuntman in there for some of that as well. But sure, potentially. Um, yeah, that was an awesome scene for sure. That was good <laughs> that was <yeah>. cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this one with the with the staff at the beginning. No, no, sorry. The future is still no. lighting up things. Yeah. I, I thought he was going to just take Giamatti's head off at some point, and that would have been funny. I would have welcomed that. That would have been that would have been good. But I like Paul Giamatti. I think I do too. Yeah, I, I like yeah, the idea of targets. I think that's a great way to practice. Just the the situation and the scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, you could pull all mm-hmm. that out mm-hmm. and the ending scene, and it would not change the movie one instant. Yeah, they kind of justify the initial bow right. staff training because it's how they see um, if he has brain damage. Right. Right? I don't know. You're yeah, I get it. He's, he's looking for, yeah, the cognitive response and hand, puppy hand-eye coordination or something. But exactly. Yeah. It's just, it was goofy. Yeah, it but was you very could goofy. chop it out and it would, yeah. it would change nothing in the movie. Nothing at all. Right. Yeah. And the same thing with, with the motorcycle fight scene. He can ride off on the motorcycle <laughs> and you can get rid of all that junk. Oh, the, the whole chase? The whole chase. Yeah. Right? With the FBI literally going in behind him and going, wait, look, wait, we know you're a good guy. It's okay. Just let us bring you in. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Let us bring you in so, so that the government can get hold of the device. So if that right. made you laugh out loud, what's your favorite scene from the movie? Favorite actual scene from the movie? Yes. Was there a favorite scene from the movie? <laughs> We may be here a while. Really? <laughs> um, I think if I had to, if I had to choose one, I would, I would say his escape from the FBI. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Okay, and it, and it is established. Hey, these items are useful. Let's take them with us. Because I was trying to figure out how does he decide to take this envelope with him? Um, because I didn't remember. Because you could easily see that he could have just left him at the bank. Mm-hmm. Screw this. This is all crap. I don't need it. Um, so, but when he put the glasses on and he could see in the dark or in the tear gas or whatever, if that was fire suppression gas, they should have all, uh, I mean, they, they'd peril. all be dead. Yeah. Like it was Halon yeah, or, or Halon something. Would... So I really thought you were going to take, you know, the pie eating scene and then talk about how they had maligned the poor guy for eating pie. Cause if it had been cake, the guy would have said, you should have brought me some cake. I did like the fact that, that. You know, what were you doing? I was eating pie. <laughs> I'm like, right. okay, that is a good excuse. <laughs> uh, has Colm Fiore ever played a good guy in anything? Colm Fiore? Oh, I, I, I say Colm, but... Oh, Colm. Colm. I, I don't know how it's pronounced. Neither. It's not Colin. So. But no, to answer your question. Yeah. It seems like he always plays a heavy. He does it really well. Yeah. Oh, he does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? He reminds me of the dad from Family Ties. And so... 
Michael, Michael Gross. Michael Gross. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And and so I have this cognitive dissonance every time I see him. I see him as this doofy, <laughs> nurturing dad from Family Ties. But you yeah. should also think of him as Bart, the guy from Tremors. You know what happens sometimes when I ask you if you've seen a film and you give me that look. Oh. I'm giving you that look. You. You ever seen Tremors? I have never seen Tremors. You haven't really? seen Tremors two or three or four either. But it's got Kevin. It's got the bacon. I'm tre- tremorless. It's it has Reba McIntyre. I think your your kid that's would like it. That's not a strike in its favor. I mean that that that's a strike. Your your kid would like it. It's giant yeah. worms that eat stuff. All right. I mean that's cool. Campy? No. Oh yes. Scary? Not yes. Really. I don't like scary. See, this is why I've not seen it. Because <laughs> Tremors is too scary for Seth. <laughs> It reminded me of uh, Star Trek Four. You like you guys like Italian? Yes. No. No. Yes. Yes. I love Italian, and so do you. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess I have to say it has been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember liking it. Okay. I rem- I don't remember it being campy in particular, but I remember the sequels being incredibly campy and horrible. So. You know, I think the part where they break into Bart's house and he has yeah. an entire arsenal and they use every gun in the arsenal, including the, 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 the Saturday Night Special to right. kill the Graboid. I mean, come on. That's true. Yeah, good point. All right, I'll put that one on my list. Yeah. Um, I found the movie very melodramatic. And I don't know if it was the score. I did not like the score. Oh. Um, I just, it didn't fit somehow for me. Like it didn't what, feel... What do, you, what, what do you mean melodramatic? Like, in what like way? the drama. It, oh. Like there were lots of significant looks and longing looks and I, right. I don't know. I just, I didn't, I didn't want it to be a love story. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I like a love story edition myself. Yeah. But, you know, I'm a sucker for the stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you prefer a redemption story. Yeah, it I, gave, it gave some depth to the movie, but I, I found his whole job in particular just implausible anyway. Reverse engineering, that and the memory wipe thing. Like, really? Yeah. I didn't. No, yeah. I didn't mind that. Um, but I mean, like, who the heck has that as a profession? Where that they're a professional reverse engineer, really? <laughs> good work if you can get it. And it, then it's a thing. Oh sure, they have. It's yeah, called, in China. Yeah, it's called no. Even in here, it's called black room and white room work. I, my wife and I were watching. I guess that would make the memory called wipe to catch work. fire. Which is about about kind of Silicon Valley in the very early days of the IBM clones. Oh yeah, um, uh-huh. where where this, this one company is trying. True. They're they're reverse engineering the IBM BIOS. Right. And and so they have somebody in a room that nobody else can go into, and she can't come out of it because she's essentially rewriting it from scratch. Mm-hmm. But they have to have that deniability where they haven't shown her anything right about what's actually on the machines. But yeah, reverse engineering does happen. So okay, here's here's another thing. Um, how does he foresee the need for multiple items? I thought about that, and I think it's iterative. How so? Well, he starts off by saying uh, there's going to be a nuclear war, and so I have to figure a way to get out. But I know that when I get mm-hmm. out, I'm going to be caught by the FBI, and so I can get away from the FBI, and then what? Well, I need to give myself a ring, and I'll give myself this ring so that this guy steals it and causes me to get off at the right place. So, so, so he had to so have seen all of those events happen. Yes. I, I think that's the implication. Okay. Yeah. I so, think the idea is that he saw all the events happening. It's, it, it's very circular, though, right? It is very circular. Because, <laughs> it, like, I feel like the time scoop would have helped here, where he could have gone, okay, yeah, I'll take that ring off that guy who just stole it from me, and I'll give it to myself, you know, oh, right. for use later. Because th- this is the problem, right? He, he sees um, there's a real problem here. I'm going to get killed. Because is that what he saw? I'm not. Yeah. 
this is one. This, of, this is kind of the, the paradox of time travel. Yeah, and this is this is one of the problems, right? Because you have, I want to say Eckhart, um, Aaron Eckhart. Um, what's his name? Jim. Jim. Jimmy. 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 Uh, dang, it, I forgot the name. Of it. I was the one I got. It's the same name from the book. Right? Yeah, it's the same name of the book. Yeah, Rethrick. 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 Yeah, yeah. He had seen on the Time Viewer thingy mm-hmm. that he could get that. Jennings would get taken in by the FBI and die in their custody at 3.03 p.m. At 3.03 p.m., yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so is that what Jennings saw, or did he just see... He sent himself... Obviously, he saw that the future was going to be bad. No, he, he was accessing different... It looked like he was actually, he was accessing different records, right? Mm. So I think the the time machine, or time viewer, mm. I guess, records what it's seeing somehow. And you can look at what it saw. Yeah. I think the, the, the problem, though, with this one, is it doesn't take into account the whole observer effect anyway. It's just kind of silly. That seeing it changes it? Yeah. Well, it kind of does, right? Seeing it, he... Unless he's actually changing his future, which, at that point, you don't really... You don't know anymore. He's just predicting that all these trinkets will work. Right. I mean, he never ends up falling off the catwalk in the very Jesus pose um, in slow motion, (laughs) in black and white. True. So he did change something. I think think he he had to have changed it. I mean, he says, I already changed it, right? But, of course, he doesn't know because he doesn't remember. Yeah. Um, I did like the whole go to war to prevent war thing, though. That kind of right. was yeah. interesting. Yeah. We're going to be in a war. Because so I, can, well I can see that first. happening. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's where one of the major differences comes in, right? Where where the company is not altruistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't imagine. I don't, I don't buy that the company ever would have said, hey, look at this thing we've got. I think they would have just right. used it for their own advantage. But the only way to make a massive fortune is to productize it. I suppose. So they would have rented themselves out, you know, contract the DOD for, I don't know. I'll give you some, some glimpse of the future for $5 billion or something. Yeah, yeah. And by making it public, then um, the government might have less incentive to try and take over the company or kill Rethrick. True. Because they actually run into two different kinds of government people. They're the people that initially take him and well, scan his brain. I don't think they would have ever actually told him what they were doing. Right, right, right. Right, because if the government wanted to take over the company, they would, right? But you... When you do that, you might assume that someone has like a poison pill. You know, yeah. I'll destroy the machine if you take over the company. Yeah. Well, like what you were saying, Colin, right? Uh, Miles Dyson, whatever his character's name is. Joe Morton. Um, yeah, he, he trusted him, right? He's like, I, I saw him right. telling the truth. He doesn't know what's going on here. And so he is trying and, and actually helps him escape at the end, right? Right. Hides, hides the evidence that he might still be alive. The watch. Yeah. Right. But his supervisor is completely immoral. Yeah, he wants he wants yeah. the device. That's yes. all he wants. Kill the spare. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we don't need him anymore. We have the machine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't have him yet. Yeah. Don't very know. very high broken glass quota yeah. in this movie. Yes. I mean, all the glass <laughs> and lots of stormtrooper aiming. Yes. By everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the assassin guys who came to get him, like one of them, had a clear shot at him with no obstructions and missed by about three right. feet. You know, I did like the lock thing though. Uh, where he used the quarter to disable the lock to keep them yeah, from yeah. coming in and out, rather than her just busting it with the. I did like that because because they in the movies they always bust it and it works. Right. Well, it like, works really? both ways, right? It works to jam it or it works to open the door. Right. All you got to yeah. do is shoot. Yeah. Shoot it, like, it opens. Shoot it and it locks. Yeah. Yep. It's crap. Especially in Star Wars. Yeah, I was just thinking <laughs> that same thing because we just watched uh, we just watched episode seven the other day, uh, Friday night, and like, and we're in episode seven when he's trying to get. Through the, uh, I think it was maybe an airlock or something to get to the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. He was trying to like, you know, wire, hot rig it or hot wire it. Yeah, yeah. And then the guys are blasting at him. Chewie gets hit, so he takes the, 
bowcaster and kills them all. He's like, oh, I love this thing. And then he turns around and shoots the lock and it opens. Right. Like, why did you just shoot the lock in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Because he's not so. <laughs> did it bother anybody that he put it on the sixth piston, the bullet, toward the end? Yeah, it totally yeah. did. I-, I was thinking, you know, if you know approximately what the cadence of these things is and how long you need to get out of here... Maybe a slightly shorter time would be good. Although right. it's a massive explosion, a massive gasoline explosion, not a heat, not a, not I, a hydrogen yeah, explosion. That's yeah. what I was kind of thinking. Is he? I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt, and that he did it on purpose to give himself time to get away from it. Right. That's my. That was my thought because I was thinking at first I was thinking the same thing. Colin, I'm like, why didn't you just put on the next one and <laughs> disable the thing, and get over with? <laughs> so one thing that I I really liked and being in high performance computing and having been in a lot of server rooms and stuff. Right. Um, first of all, I didn't see any other than the liquid hydrogen. I didn't see any notion of of enterprise cooling on those machines because right. they had all those motherboards. Yeah. Uh, and 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 I like well, the way there's they no just, cooling on the machine itself. Yeah, right, right, right. They yeah. just they just unplug the motherboards. You know, just unplug them, <laughs> I guess uh, must be Linux. Um, <laughs> yes. But yeah, just it's it's like a big a massive blades right. system. Uh, bottom line on the movie, it earned it, its twenty seven percent of Rotten Tomato. I thought the audience <laughs> score is like forty forty two percent or something. Or yeah, it's yeah, middling but not good. Right. Yeah, I think so. Recently, there was a new cut of. Rogue One put out on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's 27 minutes long. Mm. It's oh, got wow. all the good stuff in it. And it's got a, a scroll. And it's getting like rave reviews. Ooh, I might have to go watch this. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. I think this movie is a perfect candidate for that treatment. <laughs> <laughs> Where you could cut out a whole bunch of stuff and make a really good, high-paced, right. um, se- you know, semi-thinking action movie. Right. But you'll end up removing a lot of the action that no one seemed to like that much. You're saying just cut out some of the woo. Yeah. De-woo it. De-woo I think it. so. Right. <laughs> That's our title. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, I've enjoyed a lot of John Woo films and, and for what they are, despite the doves. Right. Um, you know, like like Face Off. I mean, tons of fun. Hard Target was a, was right. a fun JCVD movie. Um, Broken Arrow, even. Yeah. You know, that was, that, that was one of the ones when, uh, whatever his name is, John Travolta was, was on John the swing after Pulp yeah. Fiction. And oh, he, yeah. he was getting—he was being cast in everything. Yeah, but this one, I do feel like the worst parts of the movie are the John Woo parts, the most—the <laughs> most wooiest parts. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I feel like there was there was a lot of promise there in in kind of the way the movie was set up, and just not great execution. And it, I don't think it's aged particularly well either. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not—I mean, like Total Recall. This is another Philip K. Dick quote adaptation. Right. Um, the remake I'm talking about. You know, that one I can watch, and it's fun. It's not great. But, I'd rather but I, watch the Arnold Schwarzenegger. I feel like it's a better example of a 2000s-era <laughs> action movie than Paycheck is. Yeah. Hmm. I think Paycheck would have been a great candidate if they readapted it now. Where you can actually produce, and I don't want to tar the movie too blackly, but thinking <laughs> sci-fi. Because there is a lot of thinking in here. Like, I love the process where he realizes, one, these are useful, but he doesn't know what they what they really mean until he mm-hmm. sees the lottery numbers. Right. And so you can see the tumblers roll and click. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably could have done with a little less exposition explaining all that because yeah. right. I knew the story, so I knew what to expect. But if you yeah. came in blank, maybe you, you wouldn't. Eh. Uh, the, there's an alternate ending. I don't know if you guys had time to watch it or No, not. I didn't. No, yeah. I, didn't I, I watched it on Amazon. So, yeah. uh, In the alternate ending, instead of going to the, the gardening store owned by Shorty, mm-hmm. he and Rachel are walking along and they walk past uh, a pawn shop and out walks the kid with, oh. a, with a roll of money in his hand. And he goes... Wait right here. And he goes inside and he comes oh, back crap. out and he says, 
there's a question I didn't ask you. Oh, see. <laughs> and I don't know the answer to it. And nice. So yeah. it, it wraps up that whole him and Rachel storyline where he promised never to, but he knew that he had to in order to save the planet. Right. Mm-hmm. So I almost like it better than the, you know, the $90 million payoff one in the bottom right. of the birdcage. I kind of like that. It puts puts a, a bow on it anyway. So I guess the ultimate question, would you do it? Two years for $90 million? Uh, it's it, When you've got kids, no. <laughs> Oh. If, if it didn't have kids, I, I I could see maybe, but no, two two years out of your kid's life, right? Can't do it. Well, there's actually a deleted scene that talks a little bit more about his motivation for doing that. Hmm. So, um, like Tom Cruise's character in Minority Report, mm-hmm. he lost his wife and eight month old unborn child in an accident. Oh, okay. So he likes the idea of being able to forget the mundane and just, oh, yeah. just have the highlights. He has yeah. nothing to lose in life. So see that. That's more philosophical, right? And and the the real thing missing from this movie is that whole angle of let's use right. a machine to to do something good. And since since the government isn't evil, the corporation's evil. Although the government's evil too, or, yes. or elements of it are. Um, you, you yeah, it really loses something. So, I mean, not to be Colin, but <laughs> well, you know, that being said, I don't think the movie is as bad as people say, and I think no. there's a potential to recut it to like eighty minutes. Yeah, two hours <laughs> and make a really really good movie um i would i would still like to see a faithful adaptation of that particular book play by play hit by hit do it in 1950s sci-fi style with you know rocket ships yeah between i think that would be pretty cities. cool um <laughs> i think it would be good though the whole Jane jane premise i mean wasn't bad no and i'm, I'm not 100 sure they really needed to introduce him as a reverse engineer but yeah uh it wasn't bad. They just moved those games. Lackluster. Yeah. 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 I would have liked to see, like Colin said, the short story. Would have been kind of cool. No, I mean, I can't With the disagree. corporation and the evil government and all that stuff would have been and I, I more like, entertaining, I think. I do like the idea of a, a more retro kind of thing. Almost like uh, Predestination, where it had yeah. that kind of retro feel to it. Yeah. 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 Style. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Right. All right. Wrapped on that. Uh, any question of anybody ranking anything but the short story first? <laughs> Nine. I'm going to put short story first, but I'm going to put a, a smaller gap than I normally do for the adaptation. Okay. It's got a lot of things that I think went well. At, you know, the love story of Kelly, I think, or Rachel was a great ad. Um, that, that's didn't, yeah, it didn't work for me, but right, you know, because there's a redemption element yeah. now. Uh-huh. I, although I, I love the, the whole turnabout with Kelly at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm his, I'm his daughter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you. I thought that was cool in the short story. Yeah, I like that. I definitely a higher recommendation on the short story than on right. film. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. So uh, next up, what are we gonna do? Uh, next. That's right. Right. Yeah. Uh, so the movie is next. It's the Nicolas Cage movie. We have had a terrible dearth of Nicolas Cage movies. <laughs> totally zero so far. I don't recall it being a great movie, but it is based on the Philip K. Dick novelette called The Golden Man. I don't know how long it is. Novelette. Yeah. Figure fifty, sixty pages. Or is that more novella? I don't know. I don't know. Less um, than a hundred, but we will uh, we'll check that out from the library probably and talk La about that. But that's why I was confused at the beginning because it's they're very different names, right? Oh right, yeah. I'm curious if he's actually golden because I don't think I've read this story. I have seen the movie, the, and the summer of Dick will continue. <laughs> I think um, Philip, summer of Philip K. Dick <laughs> <laughs> pictures, <laughs> and we all have homework to go and learn about some Philip K. Dick and biographies. Yes, right. Um, fortunately, I want to say. Uh, 10 years ago uh, Masters of Science Fiction did his biography online and it was really mm. oh, uh, wow. not online uh, 
as a show, a one-hour show. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of live action with cutbacks and pictures to him. Mm-hmm. And it was really well done, talking about, you know, his confusion and his mental illness and his drug problems. And mm-hmm. You can try and find it. It might be on YouTube or something. Might be. Okay. If you find it, we'll put it well, in the show notes either for this out. one or the next one. Um, but yeah, that's the, the homework assignment is to read The Golden Man by Philip K. Dick, if you can find it. Um, I think it's in quite a few anthologies in various places. And you can right. buy it for 99 cents from Nook or yes. uh, from Barnes & Noble or from Amazon, probably. So not too much of an outlay. I saw that um, Michael Simshauser had commented on our last episode when I mentioned that we were going to do Philip K. Dick's stories. And he mentioned A Scanner Darkly. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's a short story. I think that's actually a full novel. Oh, really? Right. Um, so so oh, sorry, Michael. That's one we're going to give a miss movie. for now. It is trippy, yeah. Yeah. Um, with the rotoscoping. It's neat, though. Yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll look at a few others. Yep. Okay. Are we ready to sign off then? <laughs> yes. Yep. You have a blessing hmm. for us? I did not prepare one. Uh, may the rose ride up to meet you. The rose ride up to meet you. <laughs> Maybe the underwear ride up to meet you. Uh. <laughs> okay. May the road rise up to meet you, and may your time scoop always be accurate. That works for me. Works. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Cheers. Bye. Yep. Is that but like, more on that later. It's not like having morning mood. <laughs> I feel like I feel like no, no, a princess bride quote in here someplace. I watched it. In, I watched it in the evening, so that might okay. be evening wood. You were evening wood. Yes. Uh, right. I may not keep that. That might go in the blooper <laughs> reel. My sister will be horrified. <laughs> Which one? Aaron. Oh. Sorry, Aaron. That was my bad. If you're listening in the blooper reel, you should have stopped before now. You, you yeah. know better. It's Seth's fault. It's all Seth's fault. Or Freon, or some heavier uh, than air thing. Not Freon. Not don't, Freon. don't say Freon. <laughs> Freon is a refrigerant. Yeah. yeah, I just remember that there was an accident at the ice rink in in Anchorage at one of the malls where f- there was a Freon leak and a guy died. You actually had um, to have Freon at an ice rink in Alaska. It's a refrigerant. <laughs> Toast. Uh, this happened in the summer. So <laughs> it was an indoor rink, by the way. Shut up. <laughs> it was the the igloo. Um, what? No, no, I can't even. I can't even finish that. <laughs> It is based on the Philip K. Dick novel.